When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 82 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. J. Carol Nash was a stage actor in the beginning of his career on Vaudeville before graduating to film due to a bit role in the 1926 film What Price Glory. This led to roles in over 200 films and being twice nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, first in the film Sahara 1943 and a medal for Benny in 1945. Nash also starred in radio shows, becoming very well known as Luigi Bosco in the sitcom Life with Luigi, which ran from 1948 to 1953, playing the beloved immigrant from Italy. The show was so popular that it led to a television show of the same name where Nash reprised his role. He continued acting on stage, film, and television throughout the 50s and 60s, with his final TV performance in 1968 in Get Smart and his final film role in 1971 in Dracula vs. Frankenstein. He died in 1973, age 77. Kathy Lewis first worked on radio on the First Nighter program and eventually moved to Hollywood where she performed at the Pasadena Playhouse. Most of her film work in the 40s was in uncredited bit parts, but she found success as Jane Stacy in the radio sitcom My Friend Irma, playing opposite Marie Wilson in the title role. She reprised the role in the television show of the same name, but she left in 1953 after becoming tired of the role. She made a few more films in the 60s in supporting roles before dying in 1968 at the age of 51. Now sit back and enjoy the October 11th, 1949 broadcast of Life with Luigi and the episode Irma and Jane See a Ghost from My Friend Irma. We invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a new comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carol Nash, with Alan Reed as Pasquale. When Luigi Basco left Italy to start his new life in America, he promised his mother that he would write and tell her about his adventures. So now let's read Luigi's letter as he writes to Mama Basco in Italy. Who has a pleasure to read your last letter, especially when you're writing about when I was a little boy. Yes, it's true, I'm always was the slow one in the family. Take even a thing like America. I'm a discovered the 450 years after Columbus. <laughs> Tomorrow, Mamma Mia, all Americans are going to celebrate the Columbus Day. 
you know, is a lucky thing for Columbus. He's a decide to discover America in 1492. Because if he's tried to discover it today, and he's got nobody to bring him over from Italy, he's never going to get it past the immigration department. <laughs> Mamma mia, if Columbus could only see his America, how it's a look today, he could not recognize it. Everything is a change. And instead of a little cabins, is a buildings. And instead of a forest, is a roads. And instead of a wild Indians, is a traffic cops. <laughs> Also, Columbus would be surprised to see such a big inventions like the radio, the telephone, the airplane, and the greatest American invention, the hot dog. <laughs> but tomorrow is going to be a big day for me. All of the night school classes, they're going to have a Columbus Day exercises in the main high school. Every class is going to do something. And my class is going to put on a play, and I'm going to be Columbus. Of course, some are not really going to sound like Columbus because I'm speaking English. It's too good. <laughs> well, I'm finishing this letter later, Mamma Mia. It's a time now for my night school class, and I'm going to hardly wait to see what is it like. This play my teacher, Miss Pauling, is going to give us. America, I love you. You like a papa to me, from ocean to ocean. Quiet, please, please. All right, I'll call the roll. Mr. Basco? Here. Mr. Horowitz? Here. Mr. Olson? Here. Mr. Schultz? Miss Spalding, you are beautiful, you are wonderful, you are simply gorgeous. Well, Mr. Schultz, why that sudden outburst of affection? Because I didn't do my homework today. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, you know that every time you come in without your homework, I keep you in after school. Now, why do you insist on coming in unprepared? Miss Spalding, you want I should answer you in front of company? <laughs> Mr. Schultz. Hey, jump in here, Mary Schultz. You make me so mad. Our fine city spends money, so you should get an education, but you just waste it. Now look at me. I'm looking. I give up evenings with my family used to come to school. I, I give up gymnastics. I give up bowling. Olsen, why don't you just give up? <laughs> oh, please, please, let's have no arguing. Mr. Schultz, I'm keeping you in after school. Ah, she still loves me. <laughs> That's enough, Mr. Schultz. Now, class, as I told you last week, tomorrow we're holding the Columbus Day ceremonies at Franklin High. Uh -huh. And I don't suppose we have to review the facts about Columbus' discovery. That's right, Miss Spaulding. Everybody knows he discovered America in 1492. Thank you, Mr. Basco. Don't thank Luigi, thank Columbus. <laughs> I have here a copy of the little sketch you will present tomorrow night. Oh. It runs only three pages, and it concerns Columbus' trip to America. Uh, Miss Spaulding, if I may be permitted an interruption, we, we all accept the fact that Columbus discovered America. But the real truth is, someone else did before him. Harrison, how can you talk like that? But that's a fact, Luigi. A fact? Oh, listen, sometimes you're not so smart. I'm sorry, Luigi, but someone else did discover America. He's right, Mr. Basco. What? Who did it? Another Italian, Amerigo Vespucci. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, Olsen, you're really smart. <laughs> <laughs> For a minute you were worried, eh, Luigi? Well, well I'm sure to know. Olsen is never wrong. <laughs> 
Uh, as a matter of fact, class, uh, uh, Columbus discovered America by accident. He was really looking for a shorter trade route to the Indies. Olsen, I bet you could even tell us where he looked like. Yo, I can. Yo, according to the books I studied, Columbus was of medium height, rather stocky, black hair, with flashing gray eyes and a tiny scar on his shin. If anybody sees this man, notify the police or your local... <laughs> I would like us to make a fine showing tomorrow night. Our principal, Mr. Petrie, will be there, as well as Mr. Campbell, head of our board of education. You know, the night school session is his pet project. Don't worry, Miss Paulding. We'll do a fine job. And I'd like to delegate somebody in the class to supervise the presentation of the Columbus play. Miss Paulding, who's that going to be? Oh, Mr. Basco, I was thinking of you. Me? I'm <laughs> spoiling it. It's too big an honor. Go ahead, oh, Luigi. You Thank you. You'll be fine. Oh, I see you have the backing of the class. Now, here's the play. Now, you assign the parts. I'm sure you'll have no trouble memorizing it. It's very short. Miss Spaulding, I got a bad memory. I can't remember lines. Well, you have to play some part. All right, then make me the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Horowitz, do I detect an error? Did Columbus come over on one ship? Certainly, the Mayflower. <laughs> oh, Horowitz, even I know better. Was three ships. That's very good, Mr. Schultz. Suppose you name them. With pleasure. The name of Columbus' three ships was the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Anita. <laughs> well, you knew the first two, but you guessed at Santa Anita. At Santa Anita, what else can you do? <laughs> Miss Pauling, Miss Pauling, when we're doing this play, can I give the patch to anybody I'm like? Oh, yes. It's all your responsibility, Mr. Basco. Now, you put those pages in your pocket and don't lose them. And I'm sure I'll be very proud of you tomorrow night. Oh, don't worry, Miss Spalding. You will. We'll be a knockout. Oh, like they say in Hollywood, gigantic. Oh. <laughs> gigantic? Why, we're going to be so sensational, they'll make us put on a Thanksgiving Day play, a Christmas play, a Lincoln play, and on July 4th... Yes, Mr. Schultz. A legal holiday. We take the day off. <laughs> my friend. <laughs> hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. Hey, Pasquale, guess what? Tomorrow, I'm going to be Columbus. What? Sure, it's all decided. I'm going to be Columbus. All right, Luigi, and I'm going to be Napoleon. <laughs> now, let's us two nuts go out and talk to the squirrel. <laughs> You don't understand. You see, we're going to have a Columbus Day play tomorrow. It is in my pocket, and tomorrow morning, Schultz, Horowitz, and Olsen, they're going to come to my store, and we're going to rehearse. Oh, wait, wait. Slow down, little banana nose. <laughs> Ain't you ashamed of yourself? A big fella like you. Marriageable age. <laughs> Acting in a play like a little schoolgirl. Huh? Luigi. Instead of fooling around with that a night of school, with that two and two is a four, and three and one is a five... Wait, wait, Pasquale, you all are wrong. Three and a one is a not the five, and three and a one is a four. Three and a one is a machine oil, and don't tell me about that. <laughs> 
instead of fooling around with this baby play stuff, you should have been thinking about your home, your wife. Pasquale, what are you talking about? I'm not got a home, a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi, this can be arranged. No, no, Pasquale, please, I'm not talking now about your daughter, Rush. Why not? And don't tell me because she's weighed 250 pounds. Luigi, sometimes you don't use your ignorance. <laughs> Think of this. What would you rather have, a skinny, nervous, underweight wife or a big, happy, overweight wife? Pasquale, I'm like a nice medium girl. You're going to take what I got? <laughs> Please, please, Pasquale, I'm going to go now to my store and figure out who's going to do what in my play. All right, go, go, go. Look who's going to play Columbus. You look more like one of the barnacles that was out of the ship. Pasquale, I'm going to be a good Columbus. Now, if you excuse wait, me... Wait, wait, Luigi. reason you don't want to marry Rosa is because you don't spend enough time with her. I'm just to think, why don't you put her in your play... You get to know her better, you begin to like her. No, Pasquale. Don't talk her so fast. There's a part for a girl, a Columbus is to go to Queen Isabella. Rose is a beautiful. She's a looking like a Queen Isabella. She's a looking more like the Queen of Mary. <laughs> now, Pasquale, no, no, don't push. I'm going to go to my store now and take the three pages and copy out all the parts and... What's the matter, Luigi? Pasquale... Pasquale, in my play, I'm, I'm had it right here in my pocket, and now it's a missing. Luigi, don't be stupid. How could your pocket be missing? Not in the pocket of Pasquale. Not in the pocket of my play. Where is it? To where it could it be? Search me. I mean, uh, go look. <laughs> I don't know. Mamma mia, it's terrible. Maybe I'm left in a trolley car. I'm going to go out to look. Pasquale, if you find it, please let me know. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm letting him know. I'm letting him know nothing. Come on, out of Papa's pocket, a little Columbus play. My, my, three beautiful pages. Six beautiful pages. Twelve beautiful pages. Uh, what's the difference? There's a lot of pieces. <laughs> For the second act of Luigi Vasco's Adventures in Chicago, we turn to page two of his letter to his mother in Italy. And so, Mamma Mia, I'm in a terrible trouble. After I'm left to Pasquale last night, I'm a turn to Chicago upside down and looking for my play. Near the school, I'm going to see a cop and I'm going to say... Please, did you see my Columbus play? Cops said, try the handball court. Maybe he's there. But the cop is no help, so for hours I'm walking around in the streets looking and looking and looking. All I'm found was a two pennies, a high bounce ball, and a one a Charlie transfer for a good till a 9 p.m. Easter bond. Again, I'm a keep looking. In a gutter's a sidewalk's a garbage cans. One old lady is following me for two blocks, and then she's put a diamond in my hand, and she's say, you poor man, take this for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm going to tell a lady, please, you got a wrong idea. I'm not selling a coffee. 
Anyways, the morning now, I'm tired from no sleep, and in any minute, my friends, are they going to come in to rehearse the play that I'm not the god? Luigi, my fellow pooper. <laughs> well, am I the first one in for rehearsal, or am I the rotten egg? I oh, sure, this is a bad news. I'm a lost the Columbus play last night. Lost the play? Oh, no, Luigi. Did you look for All me? over, all night, I was looking at the streets, and all ladies, I want to buy a cup of coffee for me, and the cop, as they told me, Columbus was playing a handball. <laughs> Luigi, are you for shimmered? <laughs> now, look, are you sure you lost the plane? I'm sure I said terrible. <laughs> smile, Luigi, smile. Like the cow said when it tripped and fell down. What's the use to cry over spilled milk? I'm <laughs> sure, so how am I going to smile? It was my responsibility. I'm a lost the plane. I'm not got to Miss Bolling's telephone number. School is a close. I'm not going to find it. Schultz, I'm a Phyllis so bad. No, wait, 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 Luigi. Into my head, an idea just pooped. <laughs> After class tonight, we, we was all looking at the play. Yes, sir. Well, I remember most of it. You do? Sure, sure, smile, Luigi. And what I don't remember, I'll write myself. Well, Schultz, Schultz, you think you know enough about the Columbus to write this play? Oh, Luigi, don't worry. Facts ain't everything. Writers always use it, the imagination. Look, look at Mark Twain. He never owned a fruit stand. Still, he wrote Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Luigi, what's the use to waste time arguing? What else can we do? Hey, Luigi. Oh, hello, Mr. Delicatessen man. What are you doing here? Until you came in, I was breathing fresh air. Pasquale, <laughs> now, if you don't mind, we are busy. I got to write a new Columbus play for Luigi because he lost the other one. That's right, Pasquale. Schultz says he's going to remember most of the play. Oh, that's nice. Schultz, maybe you write in a part for my daughter Rosa, eh? Absolutely not. In that the case, maybe I'm going to go to the school tonight to tell Mrs. Spalding... And maybe she's at the side it would be better if you have no play at all, eh? What? Uh, you want to do a thing like this? Shkvali, would you be a stool pigeon? When it's a concern of my daughter Rosa, I'm even to be a vulture. <laughs> Luigi, we are trapped. All right, we give a part to Rosa. No, wait, wait. It's even a help. Horowitz has got such a bad memory. Instead of giving him two parts, we're going to let Pashkvali play one. <laughs> Thank you, Schultz. I'm a no like it to brag, but my wife, she thinks I've got a profile like a Barry ball. <laughs> I think you got a profile like Barry Fitzgerald. <laughs> uh, Schultz, here comes Olsen and Horowitz. Yeah, now we got no time to lose. Give me quick a pencil on the paper, and we start to write. Oh, well, Schultz, Schultz, I'm afraid. Oh, Luigi, cheer up, smile, don't worry. Tonight, when all this is over... It will be an experience you will never forget. Then, pale and worn, he kept his deck and peered through darkness. Ah, that night of all nights. And then a speck, a light, a light, a light, a light. It grew a starlit flag unfurled. It grew to be time's burst of dawn. He gained a world. He gave that world its greatest lesson. On, sail on. 
That was Henry Robinson of the graduating class of the LaSalle Street Night School, reciting the poem Columbus by Joaquin Miller. And very good indeed, Mr. Robinson. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we close our Columbus Day program with a short playlet to be performed by our charming Miss Spaulding's night school class up at North Halsted Street. As they say in show business, take it away. Go ahead, Luigi. Go out on the stage and read what I wrote. All right. All right, to get ready. You come on the stage after me. And uh, ladies and, and a gentleman and a friends and a Mr. Spaulding and, and a Mr. Petrie, that's the principal, and, and a Mr. Campbell, that's the board of education and, and a friends and a, and a friends and a ushers. Columbus! Christopher Columbus uh, was a discover America on a Columbus a day. <laughs> October 12, 1914 and 92. This period of the 1490s was a very happy period and is now known in the history as the gay 90s. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Narrator. To discover America was not such a cinch. History proves that Columbus had a tough time. Now, to give you a glimpse, we turn back the pages of history to that famous scene between Columbus and Queen Isabella. Come with me and glimpse a little. <laughs> Queen Isabella, I'm like to ask you a bigger favor. What can I do for you, Columbus? <laughs> Queen, I'm a wisher to discover new route to the Indies. I'm asking you for a ship. No. All the explorers I give ships to, they never come back. This is because the world is flat and they fall off the edge. <laughs> but, uh, but the uh, no queen of the world is not the flat, it's around. Here, I'm a prove it to you with this egg I'm a brought. I'm a stand it on the table. Watch. <laughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, Schultz has forgot to boil the egg. <laughs> brave voids from a brave man. Columbus convinced the queen and got three ships. The Nina, the Pinta, and the, uh, uh, it was three ships, believe me. <laughs> but did Columbus have an easy time on the ship? Time back the pages of history for another glimpse. Another day, still no land. That's uh, no good. Where's my first mate? First mate? Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> first mate, the read of the ship's log. Uh-huh. <clears throat> on the fifth day, the main sail fell down. The 8th, 9th, and 10th days, we went through a hurricane. Uh, the 16th day, a fire broke out in the gangway. Uh, the 22nd day, the Nina and the Pinta disappeared. <laughs> All last week, it was raining terrible. And yesterday, the cook fell overboard and got swallowed by a shark. <laughs> Captain Columbus, I'm afraid. Why? Any day now, we may run into bad luck. <laughs> Captain Columbus, shall we turn back? Like I'm always a say, sail on, sail on. Brave voids from our brave men. A few days passed. Again we glimpse. Captain, it is now 34 days we've been sailing. 
Still no land. What are your words? Selan, Selan. <laughs> well, it's a little hard to, Columbus. We just sprung a leak. <laughs> a leak? Well, that's a terrible. The first of all, what are you going to do to stop at the leak? Well, I already got a pan under the ship. <laughs> but it don't look so good because now land. the pan is... Look, oh. look, everybody, land. Brave voids from... Wait, a... wait, wait, the Horowitz. Selan, Selan. All right, the Horowitz. Brave man. <laughs> so this brave discoverer finally found land. And he deserved it, too. Anyway, he and his first mate went up on the beach, and all they saw was Indians. So now, let's take our last glimpse. I am Columbus. I am discovering this land. Any one of you Indians can say a few words? Omo, bite, mele, tipe, yawawa. What are you saying? Is that all you're going to say? You only ask for a few words. <laughs> but me have a daughter who's a speaker very well. Then I call her out. All right. Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Yes, my little papoose. <laughs> this is a Columbus. Say hello to him. <laughs> I like Columbus. <laughs> hello, Pocahontas. Well, Columbus, it's time we claim the land. All right. In the presence of the people of this new land, the men of my ship, the birds in the sky, the fish in the ocean, I'm now make a circle. And I'm here by name of this place, Columbus Circle. Sure, 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 was a terrible. What? The way people was laughing at us. Oh. I'm, I'm sure it was the worst thing they ever saw. What are you talking about, Luigi? We were sensational. Olsen, Horowitz, what do you think? I don't know. I was too nervous to think. Well, I, I told you, Schultz, uh, some of those things you wrote. Who so perpetrated oh. this ridiculous outrage? Mr. Basco, what happened to the play I gave I'm you? Supposing I'm explaining. Oh, our Columbus. So you're responsible for this. Well, what have you got to say? Don't just stand there. Say something. Selan, Selan. <laughs> brave words from a brave... You keep quiet. <laughs> it was all of my fault. It was all of my fault, Mr. Principal. I'm lost to play, Miss Pudding, as you given me. I was no able to carry responsibility. You're absolutely right. You made a laughing stock of me in front of Mr. Campbell. I'm going to have you expelled from night school. Expelled? Oh, but Mr. Petrie... I've made my decision. Yeah, but, but, but you can't do that to Luigi. He loves school too much. You, you break his heart. If you throw Luigi out, I'm quitting school too. Even if it means spending evenings home with my wife. <laughs> Mr. Principal, my opinion is... Wait a minute, please. What? Mr. Principal, uh, you can't suspend Luigi. I'm the one who brought him from the older country, and I'm going to know how much his education is a meaning to him. I was the one who took away the play from Luigi and tore it up in a little pieces. What? Pasquale, 
You did it that time? I'm sorry, Luigi. I've heard enough. My order remains. And, Miss Spaulding, I want to speak to you tomorrow, too. <laughs> Put a pan under the ship. <laughs> I haven't heard that one since Potash and Perlmutter. <laughs> Petrie, you old sourpuss. Whatever got into you allowing such a wonderful bit of entertainment on your program? Well, For Mr. 20 Cal- years, I've been hearing the same old poem, play, and pageant. Uh, uh, who was responsible for this sketch? Columbus Circle. <laughs> this man right here, Mr. Luigi Basco. Uh, uh, young man, they'll they'll teach you a lot of things in night school. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. But, but you've learned one of the most important things we can teach you. Yes. One of the great qualities of an American is the, the ability to laugh at himself. Isn't that right, Peter? Hmm? Yes. <laughs> Twenty-three days, they sailed. <laughs> You're going it's funny, all right. Believe me, there's a lot to laugh at. Now, now, here, but I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh for two. Come on, Erosa. <laughs> I wonder who is laughing at who? Even though it was a look very bad for me, everything is come out fine. I was very happy tonight, laughing a lot, and I had a funny thought. You know how there's a city in the United States called Columbus, Ohio? Well, I was just thinking, what would happen if your son Luigi was to discover America? At the city would be called Basco, Ohio. All of a sudden, instead of a Columbia Records, it would it be Basco Records? Would it be a Basco Picture Company? Basco Broadcasting System? And in a school, all the little children, they would be singing, Basco, the gem of the ocean. next Tuesday at the same time over most of these stations when Luigi Basco writes another letter to his mama Basco describing his adventures in America. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production and is written by Mac Benoff and Lou Derman and directed by Mac Benoff. J. Carol Nash is starred as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale, Hans Conrad as Schultz, Mary Ship as Miss Balding, and Jody Gilbert as Rosa, Joe Forte as Horowitz, and Ken Peters as Olson. Music is under the direction of Lud Gruskin. Bob Stevenson speaking. My Friend Irma, created by Cy Howard, transcribed from Hollywood, and starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane.
you turn out the light and go to bed? All yeah. right. Gee, it's so dark. What makes darkness? Well, I don't know, honey. It's simple. Darkness is caused by the fact that all the light has gone out. Oh, I see. Then lightness is caused by the fact that all darkness has gone out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Go to sleep, will you, honey? Okay. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. What are you doing? I'm counting fellows so I can fall asleep. <laughs> You're supposed to count sheep. You go to sleep the way you want to, I'll go to sleep the way I want. <laughs> okay, suit yourself. Jane. What is it, Irma? What side do you generally sleep on? Oh, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess I sleep on my back. I usually sleep on my right side. You see, my office is downtown. When I get up in the morning, I like to start off in the right direction. <laughs> for Pete's sake, will you cut it out? By the way, did you leave a note for the milkman? Note? Yeah, I tell him not to leave any more milk this week. He left four quarts the last time. I know that was my fault. I asked him to. What for? Well, I was going to take a milk bath. It's supposed to be very good for the complexion, but when I read what milk does, I changed my mind. What was it you read? That milk has calcium and builds strong bones. So? I don't want to have bony skin. Irma! <laughs> Will you put the note in the milk bottle out in the hall? Yes, Jane. <laughs> Irma, what's the matter? Get out from under that bed. No, there's a ghost running through the hall. A ghost? What are you talking about? I tell you, I saw him, Jane. A real live dead ghost. Irma, will you stop imagining things? No, no, Jenny, I saw it, a real ghost Oh, Jenny, I'm scared, what are we going to do? Well, personally, I never believed in ghosts They've been scientifically proven to be non-existent well, Then what are you doing here under the bed with me? <laughs> so I'm not the scientific type Irma, was, was, was this ghost, this particular ghost wearing wearing a long white sheet. Yeah, how did you know? Well, I might as well tell you. Come on, let's get out from under the bed. Okay. I saw the same ghost running down the halls last Tuesday. You did? Yeah, I thought I might be imagining things, so I didn't say anything. Well, Jane, this is Tuesday. I know it is. You saw him last Tuesday? Yeah. Well, maybe he only haunts on Tuesdays. You know, a union ghost. <laughs> What do if he comes in here? Uh, closest thing is the dumbwaiter. We can get out through there. But it's down in the basement. Time comes, I'm not going to worry about details. You know this whole thing is ridiculous, Irma. I'm sure it's just our imagination, and I am positively not going to be frightened by any more of this. Jane, I wish you'd get under your own bed this time. <laughs> Irma, I, I'm terrified. Someone is knocking on the door. Do you think it might be... I don't know. I'm going to find out. You there, knocking on the door. Are you a ghost? No, but the way I live, I wish I was dead. <laughs> oh, it's the maestro. Irma, slip into your robe. Okay. Just a second, maestro. Hello, girl. Oh, gosh, are we happy to see you. W what are you doing up at this hour? Indigestion. Mrs. O'Reilly made dinner for me. But I thought you ate it at home tonight. I did. This is from last week. Oh. <laughs> Girls, I, I've never seen you so pale. What's that makeup on your face? A cold cream? 
No, ghost cream. Ghost cream? Maestro, I know this must sound idiotic to you, but Irma and I have both seen a ghost running down the hall. You have? Yes. Make room for another idiot. You mean? Yeah, yeah, I saw it two weeks ago on Tuesday night. What did you do? Well, being I am a man, there was only one thing I could do. I fainted. What are we going to do about this? Why don't we call up the exterminating company and tell them to come here and spray? Irma. Personally, I can't see why any self-respecting ghost would want to haunt this place. Cemeteries are much more livable. I think we should tell Mrs. O'Reilly. Oh, Irma, we can't do that. But, but, but that'll get rid of the ghost. How? Well, you know she doesn't allow people in here unless they sign the lease. Oh. <laughs> that is the one thing we can't do, tell her. I think we ought to wait and then... There it is, the ghost again. Everybody be still. You ghost! It is not a ghost, it's an old vampire bat. <laughs> now listen, not a word about this to Mrs. O'Reilly because she may not believe us and she'll think we're just trying to defame her building and she'll throw us out. Yeah, you got a, a point there because come to think of it, if the ghost was a man, she would have caught him a long time ago. <laughs> Remember now. No one tell her, and that means you, Irma. Oh, you can count on me, Jane. I know how to play dumb. <laughs> uh, come in, Miss O'Reilly. Hello, girls. Is everything all right? I heard a commotion up here. Oh, everything's fine, Miss O'Reilly. I- I'm sure you couldn't find a ghost around here for miles. Oh, swell. Ghost? <laughs> uh, uh, you, uh, you should excuse Irma, Mrs. O'Reilly, seeing you with your hair in curlers, your face without makeup. She thought maybe you were getting ready to haunt a house. Oh, glory be, I forgot all about my appearance. I must look a mess. Well, I wouldn't say a mess. But give me time, I'll think of the word. <laughs> ah, I know, I know, disaster. I thank you to keep your insults to yourself. Girls, why you look so pale? Uh... Uh, uh, mm, we saw a mouse. Yeah, about six feet tall, wearing a white sheet. <laughs> yeah, you girls don't make sense. And Maestro, what are you doing here at this hour? Neville, I, I, I walk in my sleep. How come? If you had the mattress I have, you'd do a lot of walking. <laughs> really, Mr. O'Reilly, there's nothing wrong. And what Irma said about ghosts is ridiculous. Isn't it, Irma? I'm not spooking until I'm spoken to. (laughs) Go on, Mrs. O'Reilly. Go back to bed. You need your beauty sleep. Offhand, about 60 years. (laughs) Now, just for that, I insist you walk me down to me door. (laughs) You know, I'm afraid of the dark. Someone might try to carry me off. Not if he's carrying a flashlight. Everything but draw a road map. Now, come on, get in bed and let's forget this whole thing. All right. I'll turn out the light. (sighs) Good night, Cookie. Good night, Jane. Jane. Yes? What does a ghost really look like? I don't know, honey. The ones I've seen pictures of are all bones. Maybe we ought to get a dog. Irma. (laughs) (laughs) Will you please go to sleep? All right. Good night, Jane. Good night. Jane, do you hear that? Yes. 
Herman, now, I, I'm really terrified. It, it can't be Mrs. O'Reilly. It can't be the maestro, and we're in bed. Gee, it must be some unearthly creature. I'll find out. Who's at the door? Jacob, it's me. Al. You're right, Irma. <laughs> it's some unearthly creature, but let him in. All right. Uh, just a second, Al. I'm putting my robe on. Hiya, chicken. Oh, hell, you don't know how glad we are to see you. I saw the light on in your window and was just on my way home from work. I thought the pool room closed at nine. <laughs> but sit down, Al. Sit down and make yourself at home. Me? Hey, how come you're treating me so royal? Oh, it's nothing. It's just nothing. I really like you, Al. You do? Hey, most of the times you imply that I'm obnoxious. Well, that's only during the week. <laughs> on Tuesdays, you're lovely. Well, you're a brave man, aren't you? Well, you know my wall record, chicken. Had the biggest victory garden on the block. <laughs> what we're trying to say is nothing terrifies you, does it? Uh, nothing in the world. What? Having trouble? Yes, Al. Well, then I'm your man. Now, uh, just who is this guy that's been causing the trouble? Well, he isn't exactly a man. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe. Well, who is he? Or is it a she? I don't think so. A kid? Well... Go I... on, tell me. I don't care if it's a dame or a kid. I ain't afraid of either of them. <laughs> See, I told you he's as brave as they come. Oh, come on, chicken. Tell me. How much does this bum weigh? Practically nothing. I'll murder him. Oh, well, you're wonderful. Come on, Jane. We can sleep in peace. When that ghost comes back, my Al will take care of it. <laughs> Won't you, Al? Your hero just went. Huh? Yeah. He was as brave as they come, and as they come, he went. <laughs> come on, Irma. We've got to pull ourselves together. If we don't get some sleep, we won't be able to get up for work. Come on, honey. All right, Jane. Wait a minute. I'll be right back. Where are you going? Kid, I'll only be a minute. Irma? Irma, get back in bed. I'm scared. Irma? There. Now that ghost won't dare come near us. Why? What did you do? I just put a sign on the door. Measles. <laughs> Miss Peterson. Miss Peterson. <sighs> Miss Peterson. Yes, Mr. Clyde? Will you please stop yawning? It frightens me. Why? Your mouth is open, and I'm afraid you're going to talk. <laughs> Take this letter, please. All right, Mr. Clyde, I'm ready, and I'm wide awake. Good, good. To uh, Mr. John Schwartz, President, Stag Proof Zipper Company, New York City, New York. You can't write with a nail file. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What's the matter with you, Miss Peterson? Mr. Clyde, have you ever had a sleepless night? Yes, right after the morning I hired you. <laughs> no, seriously, Jane and I were up all last night. I saw a ghost. A ghost? Yes, I think the apartment we live in is haunted. Well, my dear girl, you have no problem. If you want to get rid of that ghost, it's simple. No. Talk to him for a while. He'll leave. <laughs> I know many times after talking to you, I've wanted to leave this earth. Oh, no, Mr. Clyde, this is serious. I'm not getting any sleep, and I, I just don't have any vitality. In other words, when I get here, I'm not all there. <laughs> you can be anywhere, and you're not all there. <laughs> of all the silly, preposterous stories seeing a ghost. Well, I did. I saw him Tuesday night, 
And Jane saw him last Tuesday night. Hey, and the maestro saw him the Tuesday night before that. Miss Peterson, there is no such thing as a ghost. It's just an apparition. Oh, that's ridiculous. Not one of us ever had surgery. (laughs) (laughs) What is more, I think... I think... How do you like that? She's fallen asleep. Huh? Miss Peterson. Miss Peterson. Look, I don't want to be a hard-hearted boss, Miss Peterson, but uh, are you sure you saw a ghost? Positive. He was running down the hall. Fast? Oh, real fast. Well, he sounds happier than you. You go home and send him here to work. <laughs> You're not going to help me, Mr. Coy? Help you? I want to tell you something, Miss Peterson. I'm running a law office, and if you do not come to work with all your faculties, as limited as they are... I'm going to replace you because right now you're non-compass mentis, incoherent, lackadaisical, and completely dispensable. I am? Positively. Mr. Clyde, would you please put that in writing? Why? I might want a reference for my next boss. Get out of here! What's the matter, Cookie? Trouble in the office? Gee, we've got to do something. Mr. Clyde says that if I don't get enough sleep at home, he's going to fire me. But he gave me a very nice reference. He did? Yes, he said I was non compass mentis, and if I remember my French, that means right in the ball. Oh. <laughs> Honey, I've got a headache. Take it easy, will you? Were you sleepy at the office? Sleepy? Mm. I drank so much black coffee that I've developed a Brazilian accent. You know, this is dreadful, Irma. Let's get to bed early and get a good night's sleep. All right, Jane. What are you doing? Well, I'm hanging the sheet over the clothes tree. If the ghost comes, he'll see we've already been haunted. Miss Peterson, this is Thursday, and you're still asleep at your desk. Don't tell me you saw the ghost last night. No, but we were awake all night waiting for him to show up. Miss Peterson, this is Friday, the third morning I found you sleeping on the job. Oh, Mr. Clyde, I'm so dopey. That is the understatement of the year. (laughs) Miss Peterson, this is Tuesday morning. Well, tonight is the night. Oh, Mr. Clyde, what shall I do if I see him running down the hall again? Just take him by the hand and ask him to lead you to the unemployment office. You're fired. (laughs) Jane. Is that you, Cookie? Irma, what's wrong? I've been fired. Oh, that's terrible. How are we going to get along? What do you mean? I've been fired, too. Rather, I, I told Richard I just couldn't go on taking a salary and coming to work every morning half asleep. Irma, do you know that the time has come for action? We'll just have to tell Mrs. O'Reilly the truth and move. When we get back to normal, I'm sure we can get our jobs back. Come in. Uh, it's me, me again, Maestro Wandigan. Well, girls, it's Tuesday night again. I... Uh, I thought maybe you'd like to go for a little walk. Walk? Where to? Boston. We can be back tomorrow. <laughs> no. No, Maestro, no. We, we, we have decided to face the issue. We're going to tell Mrs. O'Reilly we think the place is haunted and we're moving. Oh, no, girls. You, you can't move. It'll break my heart. Well, we can't sleep. Can you? 
Well, yeah, but only because I keep telling myself the ghost is much better off than I am. What do you mean? When I saw him, he was wearing a clean white sheet. I should only get such service. Well, we've had all we can take, and I'm calling Mrs. O'Reilly. Mrs. O'Reilly, will you please come up here? Who's doing all that yelling? Oh, gee, I'm sorry, Mrs. Martin. Did I wake the baby? No, but please be quiet. I'll be right up, Janie. Please? Now, Irma, I'll do the talking. What has my life come to that you girls are going to leave? Yet, how can I stop you? I saw the ghost with my own eyes. If I could only figure out who it was that was coming back to haunt me. It couldn't be my school teacher. The day I graduated, she said she never wanted to see me again. Irma. <laughs> be still. Yoo-hoo! It's me, Mrs. O'Reilly. Come in. Hello, girls. Maestro. Greetings. What's the trouble, Janie, darling? Uh, well, uh... Uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, I don't know how to begin this, but... Uh, Mrs. O'Reilly, we want the truth. Have you rented out one of your apartments to a person who is not living? What? <laughs> no, they're all living. A couple of them are deadbeats, but they're still alive. <laughs> Look, what, what we're trying to say, Mrs. O'Reilly, is that... Well, I, I mean, I, I know that this sounds unbelievable, but every Tuesday night, a ghost in a white sheet has been roaming the hall. Glory be, are you sure? You can ask the maestro. He's seen him, too. That's right. That's right, Mrs. O'Reilly. Probably someone who died over a thousand years ago. He keeps coming back to find out what keeps you going. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say this, Mrs. O'Reilly, but but Arm and I haven't slept a wink since it happened. We're going to have to find another place to live. A ghost in my building? (gasps) Glory be, I believe I know who it is. You do? Yes. It must be my late husband, Clancy. The poor man probably misses me. I thought that's why he went in the first place, to get away from you. (laughs) Bite your tongue. My poor dear Clancy worshipped me. He practically threw himself at my feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This could only be because he wanted to escape and he thought they were boats. (laughs) Now listen here, you. Now please, this is no time to argue. You have to do something about this. I'm convinced it's Clancy, and there's only one way to handle the situation. How? If I could get through to him, you know, hold a seance and explain to him that he's frightening the tenants. Seance? I've heard of red ants and picnic ants, but seance, do they swim? Irma. <laughs> now, Janie, if you'll put out the lights, we can all sit around the table holding hands so I can make contact with the spirits. Miss O'Reilly, let's have no drinking at this hour. Cookie. <laughs> Mrs. O'Reilly, don't you think it's just a little ridiculous? Janie, I know what I'm doing. Turn out the lights. All right. Fine. Now that we are in complete darkness, everybody hold hands. All right, but I warn you, if you're using this as an excuse to get fresh, I'll leave. <laughs> Be still. Now, everyone concentrate. I'll try to make contact with Clancy. Clancy? Oh, Clancy, way out there. You, Clancy? This is Kathleen. Remember me? Dimple? Am I coming in stronger? Try channel two. <laughs> Be still. Clancy! Oh, cousin, this is your little cubie 
Seagull. Who now looks like a baseball has been thrown at her? Maestro. Oh, Clancy. Come to us, Clancy. Isn't he polite? He's knocking before he comes in. Come in, Clancy. Hey, folks. Hey, why are you all sitting around the table? There ain't no food on it. Well, Miss O'Reilly's holding a siesta. What for? I'm trying to get through to my late husband, Clancy, so he'll stop haunting the building. Now, just sit down and hold hands with the person next to you. Put out the lights, please. Okay. Now, concentrate, everyone. Clancy? Clancy? I'm calling you out there in the spirit world. Ah, I think I'm getting something. Oh, I see a small light in the distance. It's the one in the refrigerator. Al, will you please sit down? Okay. <laughs> see if you can dial him in. Clancy, if you love me, please answer. Oh! He answered. Sounds like he's running away. He must have seen you. Somebody, somebody quick. Quick, go to the door and see if he's there. Oh, not that. Please, hey, I'll go. Hey, I bet it worked. You bet what worked? I I put carpet tacks in the hall. Carpet tacks? Wait a minute. I'll be back. Where is she going? I don't know. Mrs. O'Reilly, the seance is over. You can let go of my hand. What's the hurry? I want to talk to a few more ghosts I know. Well, Jane, what's the news? Did you see the ghost? Yeah, I saw him. Well, where is he? <laughs> Jane, Jane, what are you laughing at? Mrs. Martin has him by the ear. The ghost? <laughs> yeah. Jane, will you please explain? Every Tuesday night, Mr. Martin has a poker game, and so he can't sneak out to meet the boys. Mrs. Martin hides his clothes, or he runs down the hall in a sheet. <laughs> of the poker-playing ghosts, thanks to Irma and her carpet tax. As for Irma and I, we've our jobs back, and we're sleeping well again, thank you. And as for Irma, she is, uh... Al! Al! Al, can you hear me out there? Please, come back to me! Irma, are you holding a siance? No, our phone's out of order, and I'm trying to get Al's attention down in the pool room. <laughs> Well, speaking of pool rooms, if you'll all excuse me, I'll just curl up in the side pocket just to get away from my friend, Irma. My friend Irma came to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.